Welcome back to another episode of Tales from Corporate, hosted by Maria and Elise. Each week, we bring you our tales and perspectives on trending topics around work in corporate America, because life can often truly be stranger than fiction. Be sure to share Tales from Corporate. Listen, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This week's tale is about Spiritless Air. Or the friendly skies were lacking good spirit. <laughs> I'm only having fun with this because, unfortunately, many, many people were stranded for the last, it's more than a week now. I would say it's um, nine or ten days. And we wanted to talk about this, not necessarily to drag that airline, because we don't want to get sued. But it was very interesting watching... This was a lesson in how corporations can handle messaging better to their users, the people they sell a product to, also to their employees. It also speaks of, I feel like they're an example or the canary in the coal mine of what is happening in corporate America. I think they're just an early bellwether. To me, their whole supply chain broke down. Their their logistics broke down. Everything broke down. And they were quick to say it was weather at first. And it wasn't just spirit that suffered. American also suffered. But American is a huge airline compared to a budget, low-cost carrier that spirit is. So they have way more planes. They can reschedule a little bit better. But I think that overall messaging-wise, many of the airlines have been breadcrumbing the public slightly telegraphing and saying we have so much demand we have so much demand demand is up it's bigger than we've ever seen it's back to 2019 levels it's bigger than that but yet we have less staff but they took the federal buyout money and didn't quickly staff up so i always go where's that money where is it allocated staffing takes time quality staffing takes time and i think that they were quick to point out communication-wise that they were not in the midst of a strike. But boy, did it feel that way on social media. The first few days of the breakdown at different airports, whether it was in Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, just on Twitter alone, different employees were sharing information about hiding, changing their uniforms to blend in with the crowd because they were under frontline attack from angry customers. There's nothing worse than feeling like you're held hostage or feeling like you're being stuck without any recourse or options. And that's how many of the customers felt. And then you're also talking about a customer base that if they could afford to do better, afford to book a different airline experience, majority of them maybe would. You have a user demographic that does not necessarily have a credit card on the side or the funds in their debit or checking account to book Delta, book Alaska, book United, book JetBlue to get out. So you had the perfect storm. No lie. It started with the weather storm, but it became the perfect storm for Spirit Airlines. And I think that in, when it comes to dealing with the retail aspect, they're an early bellwether. I think that many corporations 
could potentially be in the same hot seat. I think that's like why Chipotle, for an example, or Starbucks, they're giving all these benefits and increased pay to their employees. One, because they deserve it, but also they want to avoid a mutiny under fire. What if people don't go in and open the stores? It's just that simple. All it takes is one or two days to not open the stores. If banks did that and branches didn't give out money or take in money, things just kind of fall apart as we've seen with the pandemic that is um, due to coronavirus. I completely, completely agreed. And on, on many of those points, I've been telling people, look at, I know comedians love to get on spirit. That's why we're being careful about spirit in the air, spiritless air. But Again, if people had more means, then they might not necessarily choose the airline that nickels and dimes you for a potato chip bag. But here we are. And sometimes you just need to get to where you're getting to. And for that, spirit has filled the niche. And I think it's very interesting that that, as you put it, is become a a little bit of a canary in the coal mine of... uh, potentially what we'll see in other airlines, other industries, even. We're seeing already a little bit of that ripple effect because in actuality, other airlines did have a little bit more of a delay in flights. And there there was somewhat of an impact because for the for those who could jump on another flight, they did. It just created a, a domino effect. But here we are, and we're still pretty much talking about that one firm. But you mentioned uh, mutiny. And on a previous episode, we talk about the big quit. So talk a little bit more, Elise, on, because you've been doing a lot of thinking about this. Talk a little bit more about why you feel this is a canary in the coal mine. Thanks, Maria. I think that having previously worked in retail myself and knowing that you don't necessarily get the respect, you don't get the level of pay that maybe you should for dealing with customer issues in your face up front. You add the layer of a pandemic on top of it and then telling people in general news that they don't want to hear, delivering that to them in a way. And then you have to do that over and over again. It was just the right, all the different contingencies, if you will, or conditions came together. So the storm probably set it off. I believe that in respect to having to reshuffle planes. But if let's just say Spirit is a low cost budget carrier, they don't have lots of other planes ready to go out of garage that are in condition and COVID safe. They don't also have the staff to fly those planes. So they don't have the flight attendants, they don't have the engineers, they don't have the grounds crew, and they don't have the pilots to get that back on the schedule and reroute things. Then you add, I'm sure because Spirit is a low-budget cost carrier, they probably do not compensate their employees as well as maybe a United Delta, more legacy airline. So that also goes into the quality of people feeling like I'm overworked and maybe I'm underpaid. And then you probably have these schedulers, okay, at Mission Control, who saw the whole thing probably fall apart right 
in front of their eyes on the computer systems, knowing how precarious. I think sometimes people don't understand how in business, how precarious things are as far as the orchestration or the careful orchestration of one codependency on another. And it was just like falling dominoes. Once they couldn't reshuffle the planes and get crews to different cities and get them moving, they had no choice but to cancel on a mass level for them. And you have to think about cost dollars. It was crazy because the CEO for the airline or one of the executives for the airline was on CNBC about two or three weeks ago, not even, about the earnings season for the last quarter. And God help them, the loss in dollars of having to cancel, okay? People don't realize that airlines pay fees to airports. So there are those fees. There's probably fees with the FAA for canceling, okay? There might be fees there. Then you had in the beginning the early attempt to rebook, right? So the people ex express, consumers express being rebooked multiple times and getting canceled on multiple times. They weren't very quick to give people vouchers for hotels or vouchers to reroute. They don't do interlining. So they do not have agreements with the other major carriers that in a situation like such to rebook their passengers on the other airlines, which in this situation probably would have been clutch for them to give their passengers another experience just to get them to where they needed to go and apologize. But they didn't have that agreement on file. So therefore, they they weren't able to give you a voucher to go to Delta, a voucher to go to United or American. So American was also suffering, but I love how communication-wise, their PR department, <laughs> the, the media just pounced on spirit and America just kind of flew right under the radar. <laughs> they had cancellations too. They didn't get the same PR flack and the massive media coverage that poor spirit did. And they had no choice but to cancel. When there's work that's due, Maria, you can reschedule it, but it's still due. So if they have really low cost fares and their planes are sold out for weeks in advance, Canceling and rebooking is a failed effort. It's not going anywhere. It's like a, a lame attempt. And I think that actually adds more frustration. So this brings up the whole issue. The talk came up again of uh, passengers' rights, a bill of rights, a federal one. Maybe if there is one that needs to be refreshed, people should maybe be held liable. Corporations should be maybe held responsible for you being stuck in a destination way past your uh, travel time, your original scheduled uh, agreement on that ticket. And people realized they don't have much coverage. There was baggage everywhere. And not only was it just the passenger and Maria, what about the employees? Were employees showing up to work? Were they staying at home knowing that it was a cluster? Beep, okay. <laughs> Were they coming in? For the, for the tongue lashing and the possible near physical assaults of people being angry because baggage was just strewn everywhere and given back. The CEO didn't make himself very present until Thursday, which was almost six days into the melee that he finally popped up and started to openly communicate on the different media channels about apologizing for the 
poor experience and how they're going to learn from it. But they left their frontline employees out there to get massacred. And I don't know how many people actually showed up for work for that. And were they paid? Were they paid for this disruption in the sense that were they paid to stay home? Did they have to show up and take the tongue lashing to get paid? Or were they also not compensated because the airline wasn't able to run? And all I can think about is the full cost of this mess up. And I have to say it, I think there's a level of greed here, Maria, in the sense of scheduling things so tight you have no slack. I'm sure the schedulers knew that it was just a house of cards that just needed the right set of situations and it was going to fall apart. And I wonder how powerful that union, that spirit, flight attendants, pilots, ground crew are part of, how powerful are they to deal with the airline and what happened here? So I just wonder if there's going to be more people that said, you know what, I'm quitting or I'm going to go on unemployment for spirit. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it. I don't wish that on them, but I don't know how you really bounce back from people telling you Like one passenger, I want to say, I think he was in Miami, Lauderdale or Boston. He said, it's a fake airline. It's not real. They're selling you something that doesn't exist. And the other thing was the journalist actually went to the counter at Spirit, even though they were booking people and canceling hundreds of flights, they were still charging people. They were still selling a product that they could not fulfill on. What do you think, Maria? Hmm... Well, Elise, you made many, many great points there. And I think about the employees. So hopefully their union does have their back. Usually that's why you pay into the union. You pay the union dues for times such as these. So hopefully they'll come through and make sure that people are compensated really well. But there's a number of airlines that we used to fly back in the day that are no longer here. So it's not as if that can't happen. It's not out of the realm of possibilities for a spirit airline. If you're of a certain age, you remember Pan American Airways, the Pan Ams of the world or Midway Air. Those are gone in the 90s. So there's that one. Two, I think about going back to this business of people not having a choice once their flights were canceled, once there were no options presented to them, whether it be alternate flights, hotel rooms. We're still in a global pandemic, that part, remember? And folks were forced to sit in close proximity to one another while waiting out the next thing to do. They're sleeping on the floor at the airports. It was pandemonium. By the way, many of these people needed to return to work. And who's to assume work was waiting for that? Things just don't go on hold because you've stepped away. So there's that. I can't imagine. I'm so sorry to any of you who experienced this atrocity recently, especially with everything else going on. But I will also talk about and, and you mentioned a lot of employees of the airline just said, this is a good day to call in sick. I don't want to deal. I want to take a couple of beats because I've been privileged to be a frequent flyer of a certain status on more than one airline now. 
And so I fly enough to observe a lot of different situations. And I see people more often than not taking out their frustration that they either have a flight delay or the flight has been canceled or something of that nature. They had some arrangement that they thought was going to happen. They get to the gate and it's not happening. And I watch them take out that frustration on the gate uh, agent. And I just wanted to spend a couple of beats saying that's not the way to handle the situation. Nine times out of 10, that gate agent didn't personally have anything to do with the flight delay or the flight cancel. Who do you think these people are? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's not fair to catch an attitude with them because they have to deal with people like us all the time and things changing at the last minute and flights being impacted. And they themselves have to pivot quickly and get into the computer and figure out what can be done, if anything. So I just want to spend a beat saying, find some respect in your mouth for the people that work at airports. Some of them have an attitude. We've seen them. And that's one thing. But if they didn't even have a chance to offend you or your mama, <laughs> take a couple of steps back and realize this might be, as you were illustrating, a complete grid problem that is macro. And it's not right to hold one individual or airport individuals responsible for the, the mess that they maybe had no control over. Elise. What say you in terms of travel in the time of, not cholera, but travel in the time of coronavirus? Because we're still in a global pandemic. I will say this, Maria. One, what could have been improved upon here? As a passenger myself and you as a passenger, why are corporations afraid to say, stay where you are? Don't come to the airport. We are having issues. <laughs> There's, a, of course, a lovely way to word it, communications marketing-wise. But they like to blame software a lot and say there was a system issue down, et cetera, et cetera. But I have a feeling it's not just technical systems. I wouldn't be surprised if people are very frustrated with passengers acting up low pay, but they also have bills to pay and people do mass callouts, And all of a sudden it's a system issue, uh, operations issue. But you should communicate with passengers and say, hey, you know what? You're still on your way to the, the airport. You maybe want to turn around. Don't get in the Uber. Don't get in the Lyft. Extend your reservations at the hotel and your car reservation. And maybe you're going to have to talk to your job, but extend your trip is what the message should be. People spend money to get to the airport and then to get there and then feel like, oh my God, people become invested. Isn't it funny how you like, well, we got here, so let's see what we can get done. Instead of saying sometimes this is not going anywhere and I, we need to just return home or book accommodations. The other thing is I feel like people are learning a terrible lesson that I feel like my mom and maybe your family too, my grandparents on both sides raised me with, don't leave the house without money. Don't go places if you don't have those emergency funds because this is a perfect example of when you don't have that money on the side, what can happen. But I'm not blaming anybody because it's become the American way. We borrow for everything. 
And something similar could happen maybe in the UK and Europe with EasyJet, Ryanair. But I also think their unions are more powerful. There's a different work culture, a different work ethic, and their unions are pretty strong and they'll just walk out. Whereas here, we tend to push people a little bit farther to their limits. But I want to just say that it's just as easy, Maria, if there's a shortage in coffee beans and <laughs> the coffee's stuck on a ship somewhere or ships getting here and there's no coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and then the employees are still responsible with showing up to work but have no product to sell, you're going to have a problem. And it can happen anywhere. If you have the branches at major banks, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, Citibank, the list goes on, and they have no cash in their drawer to give to customers, but they get they're required to stay open, and there's a lack of communication coming from up above, you're going to have problems. And employees are just, like, already teetering. They, like, take this job and shove it. So... They have a lot to improve upon over there at Spirit, and maybe, I don't know if they took federal funding, they can use that to offset the losses that they've had this week that continue, but they're ebbing a little bit. They're having less cancellations, but once again, it's just the same old, you still have the laundry to do, so whether you put it off today or tomorrow, you still have to incorporate it in, and if you are selling flights for $50, $75, $100, $150, and they're sold out, Maybe it's time to expand your fleet and staff up and not work people to these back-to-back schedules as you've been hearing. It's not just on the planes dealing with disgruntled or unruly passengers. They're also working the crews to near troublesome levels where they're not getting enough sleep to turn around. So we want to say to all the airline employees, we appreciate you. I know myself as Jamaicans say, coronavirus times. <laughs> in coronavirus, in the pandemic traveling, I have actually a lot of flying to do in the next three months. And I'm actually a little nervous. I wasn't nervous earlier this year flying, but I'm actually nervous now with all the cancellations that I feel like they have been communicating. We'll have to see how that goes across the country if all goes well. And I'm flying on different carriers too, Maria. So this will be an experience to see what is really going on here now. Just want to say that we want everyone to keep their heads up, to the, the workers to keep your head up, advocate for yourself, and know that people do appreciate you. And like you said, Maria, sorry about the people that were stranded. I hope they got to their destinations late, but intact. And safe travels to everyone. Continue to please, please, please stay safe. You have us at Tales from Corporate wanting to hear. Let us know how these travels have been going for you. And if you have any thoughts about what we've covered, if you are an airline employee, we'd love to hear from you. And if we we love to learn here as well. So until next time, cheers, everyone. Remember to always advocate for yourself because if you don't, no one else will. And to the listeners that have been overlooked, have overstayed, are complacent, or just plain unhappy, free yourself. Good luck and Godspeed till the next episode. Remember to download, follow, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please feel free to leave us a review.